Welcome to Everyday Evangelism, a new podcast series building up everyday Christians and churches for God's urban mission. Together we'll explore how we can confidently share Jesus in different urban contexts and connect with people on the margins of society. We're so glad you can join us. I'm Jason Roach, Director of Ministries at London City Mission, and I'll be joined by a range of guests for topical discussions, inspiring stories, and practical tips. By God's grace, we can see Jesus Christ known in every community. Well, welcome to the LCM podcast. Uh, in this episode, we are going to pull back the curtain on what God is doing across London and zoom in on how we can use the particular places where he's put us to share Jesus. Uh, in Acts chapter 17, it says that God has set the precise places and boundaries where we live. In other words, the place that we live, the street that we're in, uh, the, the city that he's put us in uh, matters. And he's put us there so that some might come to know Jesus. So through this episode, we're hoping that you might hear something about the people who are in those places, the particular challenges and opportunities that they bring, and what everyday evangelism looks like in particular in those places. It's great to welcome in this episode uh, Jen, who's one of our missionaries working at Weber Street, our homeless uh, centre, and Ephraim, who is Director of Training and Mentoring with over 30 years experience in urban missions. So welcome to you both. Welcome. So we're going to start by thinking about how is God at work in London today? And there are many, many examples I think we could give. Um, I think, for example, of what's going on in North London and the number of Turkish-speaking Bulgarians who are coming to faith. One of the great things about my role is getting to hear about these things and young people running into churches saying, I've just heard that Jesus uh, is Lord. Can I go and tell my friends? The pastor saying, <laughs> well, yes, and then running out of church again. People coming to, to faith in the streets, having heard the message of Jesus. So that's just one example. What others might we share of how God is at work in London? Let me start with you, Jen. Yeah, so one of the amazing things that we're seeing at Weber Street um, is churches that are filled with young people and young professionals who are eager and excited to give up their evenings in order to share a meal with somebody who is experiencing homelessness. But not only that, but to invite them into their lives and invite them into church. And we're seeing so many relationships and friendships that are being built between people whose lives look so different but who really recognize the need for Christ in their lives. Um, and yeah, so we, we are praying into that and really excited to see uh, how that grows and continues at Weber Street. Praise God. And Ephraim? Uh, there have been a number of surveys that have demonstrated that since COVID, there has been an increased interest in church and spirituality and people wanting to know about God. And um, that in particular among young people where they are, you know, actually actively wanting to know. And I think we've seen this in, in the experience of our, some of our schools team doing work and doing a, a, what they call a life exhibition, I think, or life experience um, that they've been sharing. At one point, they recently shared the gospel with 250 young people who were just completely enthralled and fully engaged, uh, you know, in, in 
this whole day's experience where they've been able to hear about Jesus. And so um, right across the board, I think we're seeing an openness to the, to the gospel, um, which is um, hugely encouraging. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And just even in those examples, we've thought about different ethnicities, we thought about different socioeconomic groups, we thought about um, different ages and stages. So as you say, right across the board, mm. God is at work. And I guess it leads us on to thinking about, uh, I guess, what God is doing with the places where he's put us. At the beginning, I mentioned Acts 17. You know, God has set the times and places where we might uh, live. Um, it's important, therefore, where we are. And more to say on that, Ephraim? Mm. Yeah, I, I think that it's really helpful to see that clearly articulated in Scripture because often, you know, when the news cycle's in full flight and people are talking about the issue of migration and so on, mm. as Christians, we can kind of get drawn into that and lose perspective on the fact that actually God is sovereign and he's at work behind these statistics that we're hearing in these situations. And you know, especially in a city like London, which is such a, a, a cross-cultural um, melting pot of, of, of peoples and cultures and ethnicities and so on, that actually there's a clear sense of God in response to that, um, bringing people to a place where they can hear the gospel, where, whereas where they're coming from often, they wouldn't have had opportunity. And it's, it's almost reverse mission in the sense of the fisher jumping into the boat, you know, and, and we're being presented with opportunities to actually share Jesus with people who are coming into our communities, coming into our, our neighborhoods. And that is uh, of supreme importance uh, above all of the other rhetoric that's kind of shared around the issues of migration and so on. Actually, eternal destiny is is at stake here and there's wonderful opportunities to see lives change forever yeah so yeah yeah thank you uh it, it it one of the most recent baptisms at our church is an example of exactly that someone coming from a place where it's more difficult to be a christian mm. coming to london sending out an email like i want to find out more about god ended up at our church and has been baptized recently mm. just the lord is bringing people mm. who might not otherwise here um, let's uh, think about the particular opportunities of our mission field in london what's distinct about evangelism in an urban context in london mm. um i guess from my point of view i think it's very clear that the sort of highly congested nature of the city of london i mean it's a uh, it's a most people recognize that it's a what they might call a super city in terms of it's it's almost a city of cities you know and um there's a, a level at which um this many people in in a built-up environment amplifies the human experience in ways uh, to, you know we understand the bible teaches that all have sinned and there are ways in which we see that more readily in, in these really congested communities where you have so many people sort of just vying for life. Um, and so uh, to that extent, it can make it um, all the more challenging. Um, you, so many more people, so many more people in your social network. Um, you've got less time for each one because your social net. And so even in terms of being able to develop relationships with depth, where you can really have a sort of life on life experience of 
evangelism where people are able to sort of know you and see you can be harder to develop um, in, in a city like London, I think. Okay. Jen? Yeah, I think I'm reminded of a quote from Tim Keller that cities are the place where those who bear the image of God are in higher concentration. Um, and I know for myself, I live in a block of flats where there are 80 flats just in my block. And I come from a community that I don't think we had 80 houses in our neighborhood. Um, and so that's 80 neighbors uh, just in one building. Um, yeah, to, to meet and to get to know and to hopefully point to Jesus. Thank you. A, a pastor friend of mine always says that, you know, very often when we think about beauty, we think about a sea, you know, a sunset or a, a beach or a countryside scene and thinking when God sees a tower block, <laughs> he sees beauty because it's full of people made in the image of God. And that's exactly what you're bringing out uh, there. So what are the, the particular, you, you've mentioned some of them, but are, are there other challenges about being in, in a city? I mean, I, I know for one thing, you know, that, that, the, the heart is willing, but the diary is tight. You know, what, yeah. what are the challenges of, of, of trying to evangelize in a city like London? I think often um, assumptions are made as to um, what people are like. Mm. Um, and so you mentioned previously uh, about, I think it was it Turkish, Bulgarian, yes. um, Muslim converts mm. to Christianity. And, you know, one of the things that I've been learning to appreciate is that there are um, many different uh, Muslim traditions, if you like, or um, Muslims from many different cultures. And actually to assume that you're going to approach them all in the same way is a very flawed um, thought, you know, and actually just the diversity, the, the, the breadth and range of diversity in London means that we have to work harder to see people for who they are as individuals and not just, you know, work with stereotypes, which we can so often default to. Yeah, okay, so yeah, we need to work harder to sort of see the particular people in front of us. Mm. Uh, Jen? Yeah, I think not even just seeing somebody as an individual, but seeing them at all. Mm. I think we go about our day, we wanna get from point A to point B, we've got our headphones on and, uh, everything we're trying to block out the world when really we need to be looking around us and seeing who is there. I think one of the real heartbreaks of somebody who experiences homelessness is they will be in the same place all the time and nobody will actually see them and make eye contact with them and acknowledge them. Um, and so not only do we need to understand that each person is individual, but we also just need to recognize that they are there and they are around us. Okay, so seeing that, I mean, it's striking when you say that, it's, it's almost as if we're not seeing people who are there as people, it's almost like they may as well be a bit of furniture or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just as if they are like the bin or they are the the bench that is there or the electrical box. Um, those things that we pass every day on our commute or maybe we need to walk around. If we think about that, you know, that crack or that bump in the pavement that we need to be careful of, instead of seeing them as an individual, yeah, who's made in the image of God and who is loved by him. Um, 
and so doing that bare minimum of just seeing them, making eye contact, acknowledging their existence is, is so important. And it's that very first step that we can take in building that relationship or that friendship. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And as we, as we think about seeing, there are groups of people who we've identified as an organization, mm. as people who are least likely to hear about Jesus, people who maybe we don't always see. Uh, talk us through some of those groups. Yeah, there's some key groups that we've um, uh, identified. Um, for example, those who live, in, live on estates, on housing estates. Um, often have a, an underrepresentation of gospel ministry in their community, and especially those who are elderly, uh, uh, the seniors in our community. Um, likewise, um, those who are uh, adherents to other religions, um, they'd be considered people who are often least likely to be approached, least likely to have a uh, family or friend who, who knows Jesus. Um, also, children um, and, and young people that actually um, the statistics show that they are, are so disconnected with church and hearing about Jesus. Um, and, and then again, there are those with whom um, Jen works with who are experiencing homelessness, um, who are often most marginalized in society, um, those who are um, you know, lacking opportunity or um, uh, uh, strength of networks and so on have been through trauma um, and so uh, again that's a, another area and then there are those displaced people um, as we've sort of alluded to already um, that are coming from uh, other nations um, and are trying to find their way and often overlooked uh, here in, in London and so yeah they, they would be the, the, the kind of key groups that we have recognised actually um, have least likelihood of hearing about Jesus and who we most want to focus on. Yeah. And so I guess that means that we need to work hard at thinking, how do we specifically meet those people? But how do we speak in ways that make sense to those people mm. as well? Absolutely. And I'd love us to sort of move on to, to, to pushing into this a little bit, thinking what does everyday evangelism look like in London uh, today? Um, let me start with you, Jen. <laughs> yeah, happy to. Yeah, so I think one of the best ways for me is going out for walks in my community with my dog <laughs> uh, and meeting other dog walkers, going yeah. to the, the park at that time and, and making sure that I remember people's names, their faces, being able to say hello to them. And I see it with um, other people in my church family who have young kids who go to the same parks, the same playgrounds in order to meet other moms and other people from the community. Uh, I have a great privilege of being able to live in London and in a community. And so I want to invest in that, of going to the same places at the same time so that I can see the same people and remembering them and being able to build those relationships just through conversation of, of everyday life. Um, there's a lot of people in my community that I have a very different life from, but you know, we all are frustrated by the road being closed or that diversion or, you know, that new KFC that they're building. And oh, hold uh, on, hold, wait a minute there, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> but, 
So those are all things that even though our lives are so vastly different and where we come from and everything like that is different, what we have in common is our community. Mm. And so being able to build relationships around that uh, is really special. And those are the first steps that we can take into building relationships that can then turn into invitations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, that sounds in one sense so simple and yet it's quite hard to do. I mean, just going to the same place, the same time each week and so on. But it seems like there are so many pressures outside that can work against that. Yeah. But, but yeah, thank you for sharing. It, it's just trying to be deliberate, I guess. Yeah. About intentional about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And Ephraim. Yeah, I agree that, that, that word intentional, I think is quite key because everything in London life sort of, um, it draws you away, distracts you. If your head's in your phone or, you know, you've, you've always got somewhere else to be. So there isn't that sense of sort of meandering. Um, you know, people sort of talk about London, about being, being always such in a hurry, in such a hurry, you know, uh, to get away. And so um, just being intentional to have an open heart and open mind to those around um, and, you know, I heard somebody once say that evangelism is a commitment to building relationships. And, you know, for me, it's getting to know my delivery people. Uh, you know, I see them so often and, and it's often a, a kind of a circuit of, of and you get begin to kind of, you know, develop a, a recognition like, oh, it's you again. Hey, how you doing? Oh, what's your name? And, and just in that way, beginning to kind of show an interest and um, show care, you know, the fact is that Jesus cared for us in that he gave himself. And it's it, for me, evangelism starts with showing care for others. And just knowing someone's name really dignifies them. It helps them to recognize that they're seen. And so they're not just a delivery driver meeting my convenience, but actually you're a person, you know, out here trying to earn a living and going through issues in life that we behind our closed doors opening our packages wouldn't really ever think about. And to take that time to even just, how's your day going? Be safe on the road, my friend, you know, can make a great deal of difference in opening opportunities. And so sometimes evangelism is presented as this big ogre. Oh, I'm never, I don't know, I'm gonna scale this mountain. And really um, just, I guess, learning to be personable and, and sociable is, maybe just the first step that's needed in that direction. And just, just leaning into this a little bit more, this idea of being seen, because it's so important, isn't it? You touched on it before, uh, Jen, it, more to say on that. Yeah, I think I, as you were saying that, I was thinking of Daniel, my delivery driver, but also, <laughs> <laughs> also I had an opportunity recently um, where I was sharing my testimony at a local church and my next door neighbor was there. Uh, unexpected. I didn't know that she would be there. And it was the first time I'd ever really shared with her. Um, and afterwards, she came up to me and said, I had a feeling you were a Christian. Um, and that was a really special moment that of, of just living life next door to her and seeing her every day and making sure that I acknowledged her and I learned her daughter's name and her name. Um, and that's a that's a real privilege that we have at Weber Street is these people that, that come in through the doors are often very anonymous. Um, and so to be able to learn their names, uh, even 
people who have difficult names of learning that, learning how to spell it, knowing how to write it down, is that first really important step to somebody feeling seen and acknowledged. Mm, it really and, dignifies yeah, someone, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And then also being able to then say, well, yeah, I do see you, but the creator of the universe sees you Absolutely. as well yeah. and loves you. Um, and that's, that's a really special and important opportunity to just to be able to look somebody in the eye and call them by their name is, mm. yeah, a, a really f important first step uh, into being able to, to open up the doors to bigger conversations. Thank you. And w what do the statistics show us as we think about this you touched on statistics earlier in terms of people sharing their faith what are they telling us about the situation we we're in very interesting times because uh talking jesus uh carried out a survey and they've done so periodically over the last few years and they show that at present uh over 42 percent of people living in london have no Christian friend or family member to introduce them to Jesus, invite them to church. Um, that's almost half the population, you know, four million people we're talking. That's a huge number and that's increased in the last few years significantly. And so um, the, I think often we can be kind of um, duped into thinking Christian country, and of course people know about Jesus and for us as Christians we can kind of take what we have for granted but actually it's not the case and yet um, conversely we see that um, uh, around the same percentage of Christians over 44 percent of Christians are saying that actually we don't have sufficient connections to actually have, know someone and so I you know, it's, it kind of gives this rom-com picture in my mind of, you know, you've got guy meets girl and guy likes girl and girl likes guy and they're just very shy and they sort of not really communicating with each other. But there's such potential there. And I'm like, I want to get you together. Come on. And we're all shouting at the screen. And it's, you know, it's almost like the Lord's shouting at the screen of, of London life and saying, there's half of you over here who would be open. And there's half of you over here who've got no confidence and let me get you together. And I think that's what we're trying to do as LCM, you know, we're trying to, you know, bring people together in that way. And so, um, yeah, for me, the statistics were quite shocking, not just at the extent, but also the extent of opportunity that actually um, these people have responded to say that they don't have anyone um, done so with an openness, you know, and, and, and so um, it's, it's, it's interesting, but also exciting times to be living. Thank you. Well, a key part of London City Missions um, ministry is partnering with churches across London. And we're going to hear the story of one such partnership with a, a church in Lewisham, uh, where someone from that church knocking on a door opened up an opportunity that changed our whole life. Let's watch that now. Before I wasn't a very happy person. I didn't believe in God at all. My heart was very cold. Body and soul changed my life. We moved into this building in Grove Park. One of my prayers was, God, I need help. Because when it comes to evangelism, I don't think we were good at it. So one day I just got a telephone call that um, Tim wants to speak to me. And that was how the journey began. What we were trying to establish is what are the needs of the area? 
and how can we as the believers in the area meet those needs through the giftings in the church and so we came up with body and soul body and soul is a gym for men and what happens is we start from teaching them and doing exercises and then going on to teaching the scriptures and it's helping us to reach the men we met George who was going into the community and obviously that's a hard thing to do but he was faithful he kept on doing that every Saturday we go out into the community I knocked on this door introduced myself and then I've just thought hey let me just tell him about the body and soul. And as soon as I mentioned this body and soul, this guy, Naz, his eyes lit up. If George would have knocked on my door about six months earlier, but I probably wouldn't have answered at all. He was just depressed. I just wanted to be alone. So, yeah, he knocked on my door at the right moment, at the right time. On my first day at Body and Soul, I was really knackered. It was interesting gathering around in a circle, doing the prayers, knowing different verses and stuff that I hadn't heard about, which you can relate to your everyday life as well. It helps you, encourage you, motivates you. I've been going to Body and Soul for five months. Tim sent me a text saying, can you help me set up? I was just sort of chatting. He asked, oh, do you think you're going to go to heaven? And I was like, no. And then we did a repentance prayer. And then as soon as he touched my shoulder, I felt like this incredible amount of energy just like surged throughout my body. It, yeah, just lit a fire from there on. That's when things started to change. I'm coming to church more often. I'm being a part of what they do. I've got four Bibles now. <laughs> I'm like hungry for the word. If there wasn't people like George going out, then Naz wouldn't be here. It's a good thing to partner with LCM. So the help LCM is giving us is actually where we need help. We want to see believers flourish, we want to see churches flourish, and through that, we want to see communities flourish as well as they come and hear about Jesus. It's very important that people know about Jesus because there's a way to repent and there's a way to change and there's a way to be entered into the kingdom. So we had in that video Pastor Roland, the pastor of Word of Life Church. We had Tim, uh, one of our LCM missionaries working uh, with the church. We had George, a volunteer from that church who knocked on a door. And we had Nuss, of course, who got involved with Body and Soul, the particular fitness ministry that they'd set up in their church. Right at the end of that section, Tim said something uh, about uh, what happened and he said if it wasn't for people like George going out then Nuss wouldn't have been here so he was talking about George connecting uh, with uh, Nuss on the on the doors and I guess the question for us to consider is how's God asking us to connect with people who are outside the walls of the church Jen perhaps you could start us off there yeah I think it's often about just being involved in our in mm. our neighborhood in meeting people in saying hello um, in keeping up with what's going on locally showing up at that uh, that film screening or whatever is happening in in your neighborhood um, meeting people where they are uh, and 
building those first steps as we've talked about making those first steps so film screening is yeah. I mean, <laughs> sorry the, the free community summer events that your community uh, might right, have okay, you know okay. like whatever that might be uh in our neighborhood it, it's free free film screenings uh in the summer which is really nice i don't mean the red carpets i don't live okay, in that part okay. of london um <laughs> but yeah so whatever is happening in your community um the the free day at the museum whatever is going on paying attention to what is happening and where are your neighbors where are they going where are they congregating and not being a rush just to get from one place to another uh, but actually dwelling in the place where god has put you yeah and i, I love what you're saying about being where the people are uh, and that may not, well, probably definitely will not be church and it may not be in your own home, but there may be some other space where people are. You talked about the, the film screening or whatever that is, yeah. but it, in different situations that might be different places. And I think you've mentioned mm. before about the chicken shop, for example, yeah, yeah. Yeah, being yeah. a place where people might yeah, hang for out. So many young people, that's the sort of, sort of in between yeah. space where it's, you know, it's their kind of common haunt it's just yeah. or the stairwell in, in the multi-story as it is in in our area and I, I think it's it's having that intentionality of 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 saying actually let me um even just first of all just pray mm. and say lord I, I i want to be intentional I, um give me a heart for the people around me um give me a, an open mind to who they are and where they may be and and give me the eyes to see them and you know a, a, a sister i know she has taken to when she's traveling uh, commuting around getting off a few stops early and just walking and and just seeing who's around and you know saying hi to people as she's walking and 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 that for me was just like well so admirable that there's there was a, a real intentionality but it was simple as well it was just you know I'm going to get off the bus a few stops early I'm going to get off the train a stop early and I'm going to walk and I'm going to see who's about and uh, I remember you know when I I got a bike and I started riding around and I saw the community in a whole different way mm -hmm. and it was just people in different areas and you know different um, facilities oh there's a gym around there I didn't know there was a gym there <laughs> you know and, and oh there's a little pub that's still open there and people and actually being able to kind of see life and, and see where people are at and so um, yeah it, it doesn't have to be a, a, a huge leap um, it, it can be s small steps, you know, maybe just leaving tracks in key places, etc. But just taking that one step. Uh, I think we'll probably talk about that in another episode. And so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's it, that's the next episode. To. Yeah. To mm. What is the one step? So thank you for leaning into that. And there, there was something there, I guess, about um, God's timing, because the pastor had um been praying that god would provide a, a way of reaching out to the community and then tim called him uh, nas talked about how six months before if he'd got approached by someone from the church he wouldn't have been interested it, what do we take from that yeah that we don't know what god's timing is but that we should still remain faithful through that still show up still yeah meet those people where they are say hello give out the invitation mm. um yeah it 
God's timing is everything as we know, but it's still our call to remain faithful um, and sharing him with others. Yeah, we have this saying, it's easier to steer a moving vehicle. And so rather than sitting down and waiting for the right time, yeah. if we're in motion, you know, pursuing the, the will of God and just yeah. being available and, and seeking opportunity, the Lord's more easily able to direct us. Uh, you know, a, a church that I had connected with um, in South London, um, one of the, the brothers talked about how they, as a church, mustered the um, the interest in sort of getting out and meeting the community and they knocked on the door. And as they knocked on the door, the person opened the door and they told them from the local church and they're Christians. And they said, you know what? I just cried out to God <laughs> and I said, if you're real, please reveal yourself to me. I felt so desperate and you are the answer to that prayer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That's such an encouragement. Yeah. You know, there are those divine appointments that the Lord's lining up. Yeah. Um, and it's just putting ourselves in, in the way and saying, here I am. And um, what's lovely you know. about what you've both said is on the one hand, we don't know what God is doing. Um, and so keep going, but actually don't be overly disappointed if we don't see immediate fruit because we don't know what God is doing and how he's going to use those those divine appointments maybe later in ways that we don't see so there's both of those there was something that nurse said at the end which which really challenged me he talked about how since he I guess prayed a prayer of repentance and faith a fire has been lit in him that hasn't gone out and it made me think how do we hang on to the fire that God lit in us when we first prayed a prayer like that um, to, to, to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. If I can be honest, for me personally, um, and this is speaking as somebody who came to faith quite young but was an introvert. Uh, I was socially awkward. I wasn't really somebody to speak in public and so on. And um, the Lord really transformed me, evidently, I mean, I was gonna <laughs> say. you know, in, in, in terms of who I am and what I do now. But there's a way in which when I actually engage in evangelism, that fire is rekindled. I mean, with, without fail. And there are, there's a way in which I have to every time step out in reliance on the Lord and saying, okay, um, Lord, on a wing and a prayer go I and I trust that you'll bear me up um, because I don't know what's gonna happen here, I don't know who I'm gonna meet, and I don't know if I'm gonna even be able to make any sense to anyone, but I trust that and just beginning to engage with people. And sometimes people are obnoxious <laughs> and yet I still feel engaged, like invigorated. I don't feel like I wanna run off with my tail between my legs. And and so I, evangelism in and of itself, I think, you know, in, uh, can I, Ephesians 6, the it says having your feet prepared with the readiness of the gospel and i believe that that's not just us carrying the good news but it's also us experiencing a sense of progress because that's what the feet do it progresses us from one place to another and i think that for many of us as christians we miss out on that feeling of just really connecting with god and and having that first love renewed in us um because maybe we're a little static when it comes to evangelism and need to be more engaged. I see, so as we evangelize, that rekindles the fire in our hearts. Um, 
we, we come now to the point where we want to think even more specifically about challenge. And um, one question for us to just bat around for a minute, how can we as Christians overcome the lack of confidence that we might have in sharing Jesus? We've, we've already talked about some things that are, are relevant to that, but, but Jen, what would you say? Yeah, I, I think it's important to take small steps in community with others, uh, not doing it on your own, having people who you are praying for um, and who are praying for you as you go and, and do what you feel called to do. And remembering as well, God has given us each uh, gifts um, and abilities that are different from others. Um, so we might not all be called to to knock on a door, to stand in front of a large group. Um, but yeah, we are all called in our own way to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Um, and so having people around you who can affirm your gifts and who you know can can be strong in areas where you feel weak uh, is really important. And I think um, I remember a story recently of um, one of our missionaries up in North London uh, talking about this, how churches coming together mm. to seek to. Do you want to say something about that, Ephraim? Do you... Yeah, there's uh, it's a brother in Haringey, right? Yeah, yeah. And and how he were able to collaborate with I think four or five churches, yeah. and just that experience of the churches coming together in a different way in that community, and then being an encouragement to one another. And then as they went out into their respective neighborhoods, even some going into each other's neighborhood, and the encouragement that they gained from that, and the way in which it actually enabled effectiveness as they began to meet their community in new ways. Um, yeah, that, that's, that strength in numbers, um, even if it's a few, you know, being more than just yourself is always a, a real encouragement and a blessing. So. Definitely. And then how do we begin to expand our friendship networks? So you've touched a little bit on this about going to the same places at the same time, for example. Anything else you'd say on that, Jen? Yeah, uh, say hello to people, talk to people, um, take your headphones out every once in a while and, and make eye contact. Uh, go to your local coffee shop. It doesn't always have to be a big chain. Um, be in your community. God placed you where you are for a reason. Um, I know I can be guilty of sometimes thinking of, oh, that neighborhood over the river is so much cooler than mine. I'm going to go hang out there. But the truth is God has placed me, God has placed you where you are for a reason. And we should invest in those communities and the people around us while we're there and while we can. Thank you, Jen. And I wanna just stick with you for a minute because I know this is something that you're passionate about. As we're doing, as we're seeking to, to make disciples and share Jesus, how do we do it in such a way that we're walking with people rather than doing to them. Yeah, so one of the things that I feel particularly passionate about at Weber Street at our Homeless Day Center in Waterloo is that we are inviting people from churches to come in and build relationships with people who are experiencing homelessness, which isn't something that necessarily is something safe for people to do in their everyday. 
But one of the things that we have to remember when you are coming into a space that isn't yours um, and remembering that that person is the expert here and allowing them to be, mm. allowing the the person who is that we would call the we call the people who come into Weber Street to use our service guests. Um, and we call the people who are coming from churches the hosts. But the truth is it it's almost flipped sometimes. It is the people who come in every day who, yeah, know where the bins are and who know about the extracurricular clubs that we do in the afternoon and allowing people to share with you when you come into their space, just as you are eager and excited to share with them, allowing them to share with you as well. Um, and, and sharing life together, um, over a meal is is really special um and it's those first steps that we can take in building relationship with people um and not just seeing somebody as a project but as a, a person who we want to love and we want to share jesus with yeah so they have gifts that we don't have absolutely and yeah. actually recognize what yeah. how can we draw out and be blessed by what yeah. they have for us yeah before wanting to do to them yeah. praise the lord thank you for sharing thank you Look, let's think about the one takeaway that we want people to to go away with after all of the the wonderful <laughs> rich food that we've been sharing and talking about today mm. what mm. would be the one thing you talked earlier ephraim about doing one thing taking one step uh, having thought about what God is doing in London, what would be the one step you would encourage people to take after um, hearing this? I think for me that the, the one step initially would be to recognize that there's tremendous opportunity. Hmm. You know, just relating back to the statistics I was sharing earlier, there's there's so much more opportunity than we really appreciate and that we should be encouraged and inspired and motivated by that to, to be intentional. And so I think that that would be what I would share, definitely. Thank you, Jen. I think for me, that one step would be looking out for that person who might be sitting outside your tube station every morning, um, making eye contact and telling them to have a good day. That could be a one really important first step to somebody feeling like they are seen and valued. Mm. Thank you. I spent uh, uh, over a year trying to speak to my sister about Jesus. We got in a car and I picked her up from where she lived and we traveled uh, to, to church together. And I, I, over the course of that journey, I'd seek to share Jesus with her. And um, uh, after about a year, I was didn't seem like I was getting very far. And what I've missed out in sharing that story was that um, someone was in the back seat of the car in these journeys and a friend of hers would always come along and say, well, if she's going, I'll come along, I've got nothing better to do. And after about a year of trying to share Jesus, I, I turned to the back seat and I said, oh, what do you make of all of this? And um, the person in the back seat said, yeah, it all seems to make sense to me. I want to be a Christian. <laughs> and I realized that all of this time I hadn't been seeing this person, just like you were saying earlier, mm. Jen, who was right there uh, in front of me or behind me yeah. in this case. Mm. So just picking up on what you were saying, like let's let's seek to see people who God has already put in our lives and on our doorsteps. With all that we've heard, uh, we're now going to cross over to Graham Miller, who heads up the London City Mission team uh, to pray for all that God is doing in London for us now. Thank you, Lord, that you've placed us in particular places 
for a reason as we read in Acts 17. And thank you for how you're at work right across London and beyond. Thank you that you invite us to be part of the adventure of sharing the hope of Jesus with others. Help us to take small steps in our everyday life to share you with others. Thank you for that image Jen shared with us that when God sees a tower block, he sees beauty because it's full of people made in the image of God. Help us to truly see the people around us as individuals made in your image. People for us to connect with, become friends with and share your hope with. Please bless the listeners of this podcast series and help them as they seek to faithfully love and witness to you in their everyday lives. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you've been inspired to take your next step in building connections and sharing Jesus with those around you, especially people on the margins of society. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, why not subscribe and recommend this podcast to a friend? Visit our Everyday Evangelism Urban Mission Resource Hub at lcm.org.uk forward slash resources to find all the latest episodes, as well as a range of helpful tools to help you confidently share Jesus and connect with people on the margins of society. Follow London City Mission on social media to stay up with all the latest content. Thank you.